The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. Welcome back to another episode of The Break. That's kind of how <laughs> nice. Derek numbers? does it sometimes. You got the numbers? The break. Nice. No, I do not have the number. But uh, Patrick, go ahead and turn around. Let's okay. let's right. start this conversation. All we right. got Patrick, Brian, and then me. And we're going to get this show rolling. We're going to get into the whole scouting report offense, uh, Philadelphia Eagles offense versus the Cowboys defense. In the meantime, we're going to start with a quick scouting, uh, no, injury report on where we're at with injuries compared to what we had. Not much changing right. from yesterday, but well, go well, ahead. The good news is um, you're only looking at two individuals as opposed to the laundry list that was you know prior to the, the bye week. But uh, obviously Tyron Smith had the next finger pop up last week, um, and he was sidelined against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, he's not expected to practice on today, Wednesday, uh, per Mike McCarthy. He'll be in the rehab group. So uh, injury report should read DMP for him, which is did not participate. Chomi Doga, some positive news there. Obviously he left the game against the Rams late with what's described as a low ankle injury, which is uh, much much better than a high ankle injury. Evidence to that being he will be is expected to be limited today in practice. Chuma is, which gives him a shot at taking the field on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles on yesterday. Um, owner and general manager Jerry Jones told 105.3 the fan that um, it's um, quite likely, or quite possible, I should say, that both will take the field on Sunday. But he did say at least one of them mm-hmm. uh, likely would. So we'll see how the week goes. Obviously, you know, today, no Tyron Smith in practice. We'll see what it looks like on Thursday. And then if neither... We saw what if happened. If neither, then it's, it's going to be uh, rookie fifth-round pick Awesome Richards. That's who came in for. And we got a taste Doka. of that last week. And we week got a again. taste of that last week yeah. when the Doga exited. And, and Richards, um, I mean, he, he can play some solid ball. I see a lot of potential for him, high ceiling guy. Um, but this would definitely be, you talk about throwing a guy into the fire, this would be it. So if for whatever reason, and again, the Cowboys are optimistic that one or both, Edoga or, and or Tyron Smith, would take the field. But if uh, things go left and that's not the case, then yes, Richards would absolutely be thrown into the fire against um, arguably the best defensive front in the NFL. All right, now let's talk some trade. Mm. Trades that happened, trades that didn't happen. Cowboys, we know they <laughs> did not pet. make any news on headlines <laughs> yeah. yesterday. But other teams did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, and we, we spent a whole chunk of yesterday's show talking about other teams, who scared us, what we thought. And we did see the 49ers added extra talent to their defense. They made a trade with the commanders to trade for Chase Young, only mm-hmm. for a third-round pick. Uh, which was a, a pretty good deal, I would say. And then we had some other trades happening. But wanted to get uh, Brian. Let's start with you with just your your initial reaction to the trades that were happening yesterday. 49ers made a trade last year for Christian McCaffrey for the Carolina Panthers. That's often injured. He had, if you look at his Carolina career, there was some absolute brilliance to it, but there was a lot of heartbreak along the way. 
when it came to his availability and lack of. Uh, the 49ers made another trade this year. Same situation. Chase Young, you look at him and where he was placed in a lot of scouts' minds, uh, you know, where it got of Ohio State, what you thought about him as a player, what you thought about him as a disruptive player, an edge rusher, a guy that can, and that can, can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, can play the run, but often injured. You know, there was some people in the, in the commander's camp that were like, this guy's availability is very limited to what we're trying to do right now. And here are the 49ers. They swoop in again. I think they've made two trades back-to-back that could absolutely help their football team. We've seen what Christian McCaffrey can do. Chase Young, he's played with uh, Nick Bosa at Ohio State. Uh, they were a formidable pair there. Uh, it's uh, it was a, a very much of a you know a third round pick is something you could always recoup. It's something you can get. They're going to get that back, I believe, for McGlinchey. Yeah, for McGlinchey. But they also had some coaches that left staff. Now yeah. with the NFL the way it is, they give you compensatory picks if you have uh, coaches, minority coaches, or coaches that leave and go somewhere else. And they lost a couple of coaches, so they're going to get that pick back. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a very uh, very good deal for them to mm-hmm. continue. The one thing the 49ers do when they get in trouble, they will add defensive linemen. You know, they they they're right now in a, in a bad spot of the number of games they've lost. But to add Chase Young for a third round pick to go along with Randy Gregory and to go around with the other defensive players that they have. You know, they're loading up with the possibility of not giving you the ability to throw the ball when you see them again the next time you uh, get to uh, get to meet them. I think it's a good deal for the 49ers and, and obviously uh, well put when it comes to CMC. Um, my, my thing there is obviously that could be lightning in a bottle and you just never know. Um, but kudos to them for what happened with, with McCaffrey. That's just been magnificent for them. And it's possible that, that you know Chase Young could be the same. Um, but when you look at the, the risk-reward, I mean, what did they risk? They risked a third-round pick that they're going to get back anyway right. uh, in the compensatory formula. So, right. I mean, that this is... M- basically a freebie for them. So if Chase Young cannot stay healthy in San Francisco, then okay, you know, they let him walk in free agency next year and they get their third round pick back. But if he turns out to be an impact player and he comes anywhere near the potential of what he was at Ohio State, then they're that much more destructive as a defensive front. So yeah, that that's definitely a fantastic trade for them in the whether it works out or not, because again, if it doesn't work, they it didn't cost them anything ultimately. If it does work, then their their needle points that much more due north uh, in a situation where they're on a three-game slide and they're really trying to do whatever they can to stop that. Um, This, you know, theoretically helps them stop that. So, yeah. That's like uh, someone... Feasting on food, like 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 That's you have full. you you already have your playful. You don't need to keep stacking on it. Like get, leave leave it for some other people. Well, I mean, everybody will. had their chance to make whatever. Well, trace. that's you know that's the 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 question. I think the bigger question is that the Bears overpay for Sweat. Montez Sweat ends up in Chicago for a second round pick, yeah. and that pick's going to end up to be likely that maybe the first or second pick of the second round, which will be like picks. 33, 34, if depending on where the Bears finish. So the commanders pretty much cleaned up on that one. They've got probably, they got to pick, you know, from the Bears for a player that they weren't going to re sign. But, you know, so sometimes you overpay. I, I, I don't quite, I understand the 49ers doing what they did. 
I don't understand the Bears doing what they mm. did in their trade. I, I do think the Bears overpaid. I, yeah. I agree with you there. Um, yeah. and, and we'll see. To how me, Young, I think Young's more of a second round than a third round, but and I think he's probably a better player than Sweat. Me personally, you know, I just I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's it's one of those moves that the there's moves that were made. I didn't believe this, and and I've said this too. <clears throat> Uh, Ezra Cleveland got the guard from the Minnesota Vikings got traded to Jacksonville. And I've come on this program before and been adamant about how hard it is to get starting offensive linemen on a trade. That that proved my point wrong right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a starting caliber young offensive lineman that goes from one team to another. Now, you have to do that when you have surplus. You know, obviously the Vikings felt like that the uh, – uh, Dalton Reisner, as uh, mm-hmm. they added him, and yeah. they felt like that Dalton Reisner would probably be a better player. But there you go. A starting caliber offensive lineman goes from one team to another. And I've always believed that it was hard to get somebody to give you one of those uh, one of those offensive lines. Because they're line. hard to find. They're yeah. hard to find. They're hard to find. And not everybody's willing to part, but Minnesota. And here's Minnesota in an interesting situation because they go out and trade for Josh Dobbs, who we all know good and well from his days when he played <laughs> at Arizona against the Cowboys. So here you are. They're going out. You know, here's a team that's right now 4-4. Four and four. They're thinking like, we've won three straight. We're back in the hunt. Uh, you know, we don't have a quarterback, but... But we have to. We got quarterback, but we give up one of our starting offensive linemen. Boy, that's that's kind of a, an interesting yeah. interesting dynamic. But let it be said now that people will be willing to give up starting caliber offensive linemen if you're willing to pay for them. And then you're talking about NFC East teams that acquired a second round pick for a trade. I mean, Leonard Williams, um, yeah. Giants. So you know, Giants send Leonard Williams over to the Seahawks, and uh, the Cowboys will face him in Week 13, the week right. after uh, Thanksgiving. So you'll see him on a very good Seattle Seahawks team, like we talked about yesterday. But uh, and we'll ultimately see what the Giants and Commanders do or not or don't do with those picks because it's not like they've drafted well. But if we're focusing on the right now, I mean, two NFC East teams got weaker yeah. uh, this week. And that's got to make the Cowboys feel that much more that much better uh, about their possibilities of taking this division. Of course, they have to go into Philadelphia and take care of yeah. business. That's job number one. But you're, you're going against a Commanders front that was – is arguably or inarguably one of the best in the league because the NFC East has defensive horses up front, like right. period, all four teams. But the commanders have always given the Cowboys hell with this setup of a defense. Um, but now you got two guys that, that are gone, Montez Sweat. And Sweat, was a, he seemed to always find ways to wreck the games against sure. the Cowboys. So that's not a situation you got to deal with, and you haven't even played them yet. So you got two games against the commanders. you got another game against a weakened Giants defensive front who's coming to AT&T Stadium in a couple weeks or so. So, I mean... Maybe they see it as like, well, it ain't going to happen this year. Might as well get a trade Oh, they, yeah, they're, they're, well, yeah they're, think, they're driving the tank right now. I think commanders are going to completely do what the Raiders just did. You know, we saw the Raiders move on from their head coach and move on from their general manager. You have new ownership there at, at the Commanders. I, I think this is one of those things that, like, let's try and stock up some picks. Let's try and get a t- many mm-hmm. – with the Commanders gives me mm-hmm. top 100 picks. The, the possibility – you know, they're probably still going to be looking for a quarterback. They might finish poor enough that, that they, you know, have the opportunity to get in them that quarterback derby, but then they'll have some other picks to try and add some. I always felt like that they were a quarterback away, but Ron Rivera does some crazy things. Like that, the, they've had Philadelphia on the ropes twice this year. 
and couldn't finish the job either time. And so, you know, you look at ownership and they say, well, you know what, we're probably going to bring our own guy in and here we go. And this is the start of it. But I mentioned what's going on with the Raiders. You know, they fired the general manager and the coach and the offensive coordinator, you know, here like halfway through the season. So while we were all sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, I think that we're going to I think that we're going to uh, I think we're going to see more changes like that uh, at the end of the season there. Well, um, that that's that's it really uh, for any trade hopes that fans may have had. Uh, it well, did not happen, and the Cowboys and and we've heard it. We talked about it on the show how Jerry Jones and everybody here uh, fully trust the talent that they currently have on the sure. roster right now. And we mentioned it yesterday too how after the win that you had <laughs> against the Rams. Coming off something like that, a performance where all three phases of the game played really, really well, it's hard to kind of... My, my, yeah, my only fear is if something happens to one of these corners. I was li- I was literally just about that's to say. My, that's my, my only thing it. is I would have done uh, made a move for cornerback depth. And without saying the player's name because yeah. we, we can't, yeah. Uh, yeah. there's a guy in the Windy City I think the Cowboys yeah. might have been in on. But it sounds like just in having conversations yeah. that the price tag that that team yeah. had set for that player, no team was willing to, yeah. to go in for. So it's not that's not a situation where the Cowboys were alone and, and kind of tightened the purse they're strings. They're not desperate. Yeah, so we're not, not just. Yeah. That I mean, several other teams made a call for that particular player, well, and that price tag was just like, no, we're just not well, doing it. That's why he. Well, Rasheel Douglas went from Green Bay yeah. to Buffalo, so that you know you wasn't that a second rounder? That was a third, third? I believe, okay. is what that was. I, I think I'm, I'm sorry. Please don't come at me if I'm wrong about that. I thought it was a third round pick that they gave up there, but to me, but it was still a premium pick. It was yeah, but it was a premium pick. Is you're right, but to me though, that that's the thing about it, and and we talked about this yesterday, and I I just do believe it with my heart is that Will McClay goes to the coaching staff and he says hey how can I help you and the coaches say I don't we're good we're mm-hmm. good I don't want to change I don't want to I don't want to do anything different I'm happy with my guys and you know so there's a lot about that we can kind of jump on the front office for their lack of movement and of the teams that are in the playoff hunt right now the Cowboys were the only team in the NFC that didn't make a move everybody else Detroit Philadelphia I mean all these teams made moves to try and at least add a player but like I say, sometimes coaches just say, "I don't want any." No, let's not bring anybody else mm-hmm. in. We're gonna we're gonna play with these guys, and you know we don't know that. I've been on staffs where that has happened, where the coaches just say, "No, I just don't don't do it, don't do it. We're good." And you 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 don't want to ever bring somebody in for a coach, and then they don't want the player and don't want to play the player, and then it turns into a bunch of butting of heads and. And ultimately, it, it, it kind of fractures the group and the, yeah. the trust with I each other. I smell tuna in that yeah. conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that, that smells like tuna. No, it's, uh, you know, we... <laughs> if you catch my drift. No, no, uh, Bill, was, Bill was always interested in adding players. But he also, though, you, you almost, like I said, I, 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 I believe I got fired here because I fought too hard for, for Charles Woodson, you know? And I basically, I took it personal. And I shouldn't have taken it personal. I was too young in the department, and I knew that Charles Woodson, you know, we were a bad team, and I'm trying to help. I'm trying to get players here. We don't have any players. And, uh, and ultimately, that, that's what, you know, what got me fired with Bill. I mean, that Bill and I go way, way, way back to when he was in New England and I was in Green Bay, and we had a great relationship, and then he came here. I'm so glad he came here. 
I really was. After being five and eleven three straight years, I'm thinking, thank God we're gonna we're gonna kind of get this thing turned around. Yeah, we're gonna turn this thing around. We're gonna be okay. And then, and then ultimately, when you start to battle the head coach on players, Mm. it the head coach generally will win. Well, you can't win that battle. I was I was I was too stupid to realize that I was fighting something bigger than what I was fighting, Mm -hmm. and that's that. Ultimately, you got to be careful of that. You know, when you you don't want to push for something. That that the person in charge is ultimately saying no. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to do this. So always be yeah. careful of that. Well, the Cowboys, like you said, Amber, their roster is set, and this is what they got until March, as far as trades are concerned. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, they're still five and two. So that's that. There's promise there. They just played their first mostly complete game. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even still, that could have been a slightly cleaner game, which should give some more optimism as far as what this team can actually be but again it starts because they failed the they failed the first test they did um here comes the midterm they have to pass this midterm well a big and hard midterm coming up Mm -hmm. uh so let's take our first break when we come back we're gonna get into the whole breakdown of the philadelphia eagles offense after this break Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
to the break. Tis the season for youth football and dance camps presented by uh, Visalign. Don't miss out your chance to learn from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash camps. That starts, uh, we're doing this stuff on November 1st. Today's November 1st, right? Yeah. All right, let's go. Yeah. November is here. Go hang, uh, out. go hang out with some of these camps. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the second segment of The Break, presented by Blockchain.com. Ding. Ding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, okay, before we get into the scouting report, let's just mention real quick, Brandon Aubrey, He was. it was just announced that he won NFC Player of the Week. Special Teams Special Player, teams player of the Week. Uh, congratulations. Well deserved. Once again. Well deserved, Butter. Shutting people up in this podcast. Way to go, uh, Butter. <laughs> But no, great job. He's done an amazing job. This oh, we're we're huge fans of, of Butter huge. now. We're huge fans we of Butter. Now. Yeah, we love him. We love him. All right. Training camp, not so much. <laughs> not so much, but yeah. Kind of like that overly buttered popcorn you get in a movie. Yeah. It's a little more. too much. Little but, then, but, then, but then you keep wanting more. But that like overly it. buttered yeah. popcorn? You start licking your fingers like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Nice. This is like food. Butter, honey. <laughs> we, we're just grocery shopping this yeah. week in Cowboys Nation. All right. I don't want to hear any of this that Brian is about to say, <laughs> but let's hear but it. it we got to. to. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurst. Let's start with the quarterback of the Eagles and how he's looking right now and some of the things that he's currently doing this season. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's completely healthy right now, to be honest with you guys. When you watch him on tape, uh, the word is that he might be dealing with a bone bruise on his knee. And so we need to kind of keep an eye on that. But uh, he's still uh, still playing at a high level, though. The interceptions are a problem for him. He's taken some chances on some deep balls that have been a little bit of problematic for him. But the strength of his game is to, is to be able to play on the move. We all kind of understand mm-hmm. that with him. But he just doesn't appear in the games that I studied that he was really interested in running unless he absolutely has to. And so it might be a little bit of a different quarterback there with, uh, with the Cowboys uh, when, um, when you see him this week. The thing that you have to do against Jalen Hurts, absolutely have to do this against him, is you have to make him hold the ball. He is mm-hmm. a different quarterback when he has to deal with pressure. His accuracy tends to fade, and then the turnovers creep into his game. Uh, five of his eight interceptions are those when he's had to deal with pressure. So the longer you can make Jalen Hurts hold the ball, move, 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 back up, back up, move, the likelihood he's either going to throw it away or you can pros- possibly get an interception. Uh, maybe that he'll force the ball on you a little bit. Um, he is – teams have – They've kind of played him in a way where with they when you watch the tape, it's more of man coverage. I, I was surprised uh, how much man coverage that he faces, uh, there's a, especially with that receiving crew that he has. But they play teams play a lot of man coverage, and he's only really a 64% passer when he faces all this man coverage. So maybe people are looking at the metrics, but you could definitely see it on tape that they're trying to kind of cover his guys uh, and then make him have to make some of those throws where they, where they kill you is in a couple of different areas. Well, for 
You were gonna keep talking about. Yeah, I was just gonna say real quick that one of the two areas that he that he kills you is the deep ball is is a problem, and then also the screens. That's when when mm-hmm. he's when he's throwing the ball down the field, deep balls. He's almost a fifty percent passer, and the majority of his touchdowns have been throwing throwing like the go routes to the guys. They got receivers that have the ability to get down the field and can separate. And Hertz will just launch that thing. And he's taken 23 deep shots this year. He's got six touchdowns. And every one of them are just these kind where they just blow past. They get they get separation at the line or they'll or they'll be like they'll be like zone coverage and then they'll just run pie by the cornerbacks and then he'll just launch the ball. And, and sometimes those screens can be pretty successful yep. against the Cowboys defense. Yeah, he is he is when he throws the ball in the flat, this is where the touch and the accuracy and like they do a lot of wide receiver screens. They do screens to the tight end. They do screens to the back. So he's kind of throwing the ball around the line of scrimmage, but it's kind of like it it, it kind of lulls you into some sleep where you're like, okay, short, 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 and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it goes over the top, and now you're now you're, d- you're you. dealing with that. So. I think the, the the passes he throws, those screen type passes or the underneath passes, those are the ones that start out small and then they end up being huge with run after catch with these guys. They are really really good at that. But he he doesn't miss those passes on the flats or underneath or anything down the field. In the middle of the field is when he tends to have a little bit of problem. But you got to get pressure on this guy. Every quarterback you have to get pressure, but it really affects him the longer he has to hold the ball. He he kind of loses track yes. of where he is, and he loses track of where everything is down the field. So, coverage on the outside, pressure somehow makes him become a different quarterback. You know what's very interesting about Jalen Hurts, in addition to everything that Brian is saying, is that he's much more comfortable throwing to the left yeah. of the line of scrimmage. If you go back, and, and this is obviously via uh, next-gen stats, which is just phenomenal, uh, of his eight interceptions that he's yeah. thrown, six of them have been to the right yeah. of the line of scrimmage. He's thrown six interceptions when forced to throw to that right. But he has six touchdowns, six of his uh, touchdowns when forced to throw to the left with no interceptions in that area. And I'm talking deep, shallow, and in yeah. the flat. So his, if you're looking for a weakness in his mm. game, an additional weakness of yeah. his game, force him to Stay right yeah. as far as his progressions. Once he comes across middle, back left, back yeah. left, that's when you're really going to get in trouble. So that is that is very interesting, something to keep an eye out on for the Cowboys. Maybe they can bring that pressure in and keep him turned this way, right? Because then that's a liability for him. When they when teams, you know, used to be with with Russell Wilson with the Seahawks because how short he was, you make him play backwards. Yeah, you know, and, and when Russell Wilson would play backwards, he can't throw the ball over the top. Because he can't see. Mm-hmm. Well, with Hertz, when you see him start to drift and he goes back and he drifts and he just keeps drifting, and that usually that usually spells problems for him. It's when he and I don't think he wants to run now. Now maybe I'm going to be dead balls wrong about this when it comes up. Well, but when you talk about it, does look like he's hurt. Knee. He, he's, he's yeah, hurt. he does not look like he's the hurt. same. Yeah. And maybe he's playing possum on us right now, kind of acting like he's hurt, but he's not. But you watch the tape; he's not really interested in running with the ball. He just that's not his. You know, especially like you look at the Commanders game this past week; it just wasn't that. That wasn't the case. Is he the type of player when, that when you get enough pressure on him does that begin to wear as the game goes on 
as far as like how uh, focused he stays in the game, or does that messes up his confidence? Basically? I think I, 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 he's always been a confident player, and I understand what you're saying. Like if you keep hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, is he going to make more mistakes and stuff? <clears throat> well, like knowing that. that he's already hurt, and right. He's dealing with that, right? Right. His his offensive line helps him so much in a lot of this stuff. I mean, I if his confidence is going to go away, it's because his offensive line is completely falling apart, and they normally don't do that. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll get right into the offensive line and, mm-hmm. and some of those guys, yeah. what, what they have against uh, this Cowboys defensive line. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change, a proud partner of the Cowboys, is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the break. Experience the most electrifying event on the holiday season. Cowboys Christmas extravaganza. Powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night from uh, November 17th through December 16th, the Cowboys Christmas extravaganza ignites uh, the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearances from your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. 
You ever going out and seeing them with the Christmas big Christmas tree out there? It's a very, very nice show. I haven't done that because he was too little, but Mm. maybe this time around. Uh, Very, very nice, fun show for the family and everyone to come out. Yeah, really cool. Um, all right, let's dive right into this O-line. We're running out of time, I feel, yeah. with so much information that's still left to yeah. be discussed. So tell me a uh, very, very impressive line that they have. Yeah, it is very impressive Impressive the way they play. I think with uh, Jordan Maialata and Lane Johnson at tackles, I think that really is the anchor where they're at. Uh, they don't give these guys a lot of help. They block one-on-one. Lane Johnson's the better of the athlete. Maialata's the bigger of the guy. You don't want to just run right in down the middle of Maialata. He will cause all kinds of problems for you that way with his strength and his power. you got to try and work the edges, and you can. Both these guys do a great job, almost to the point of cheating the snap. And when I mean cheating the snap, the way they kick away, they have incredible vision to the inside to be able to see when when Kelsey snaps the ball, and they're moving actually as the ball is being moved as well. Sometimes they might be a little early and officials give them, and they line up a little deeper at times to try and help themselves, but they get away with it. But these tackles are really, really good. I like Demarcus Lawrence, though, against Lane Johnson on this one, though. I, I think There's been times where he has been really good against him because he understands how to break Lane Johnson down, you know, like with his hands, with the, the way he rushes him. The, you know, Lane Johnson at times has had problems getting his hands on him. He's been able to dip him a couple of times. So that's a, it's a tough matchup for, for Lane Johnson. DeMarcus really, really has a good feel for how to play them. If you, uh, if I think inside the, the, where the Eagles might have a little bit of a weakness is, uh, Sui Apeta. As, and I think Apeta is the is the he's right now he's playing in the lineup because of Cam Jurgens is being out at guard, and but you see with Apeta he he's one of those guys that when he gets a little tall and then all of a sudden like teams will run into him and get under him and you can carry him back in the pocket. Now the problem with the Eagles is they play like ninety eight percent of the time they're going to be in shotgun. So if you're going to drive him to the quarterback, it's probably going to be at shotgun depth. It's not going to be like take the snap and then drop and then make that push. But this is a team that, that does a good job with their pin and pull stuff that we, we that the Cowboys have trouble with. They can zone block it. They can morph into whatever they're going to do running the football. They just they, they get in that sidecar look. They hand the ball or they get pistol behind and they hand the ball. And but this line will they got some bully mentality to them in the way they come off the football. They'll get into you, they'll push. If you try and get up the field, they'll just kind of take you wherever you want to go. They're not really trying to just totally hammer you, but they'll but they get into you, kind of knock you around a little bit. And if you want to go up the field, they'll just wheel you up the field, and then their backs will make the cuts from that. So yeah, I feel like though that it's 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 one of those lines that. That is really good with the, their athletic ability. They've got the size. Jason Kelsey, I, I, he, if he's nearing the end of a really outstanding career at center. He, what he lacks in power, he makes up with just old-fashioned smarts. He's been a really good foot athlete throughout his career. He's a position blocker. He can reach, scoop, grab you, turn you. Uh, he's, he's perfect for what they do with their pin and pull stuff. Uh, he's not going to overpower anybody. I would take advantage of him by putting somebody on his nose and making him have to uh, take that guy one-on-one. It, he's a little bit of a different center when, he's, when he has a bubble over him, when there's, no, when there's nobody in over the top of him. 
I would make him have to snap, play the power game, and try and do those kinds of things because you can kind of make him get pushed back a little bit because of the lack of power. But this is a this is a, a, a pretty damn good offensive line from the five guys across that they've got. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a, a strength against strength when you look yeah. at the the strength of the offensive line of Philadelphia versus the strength of the the Cowboys defensive line, and that's across the board. And particularly, we keep talking about a guy like Olsen. and um, Cowboys are going to need him to step up yeah. again, and as he's mm-hmm. continued to do, and I'm confident that he can do it in Philadelphia. But what will help the Philadelphia Eagles, and hopefully this is not going to be allowed by the Cowboys and or Jalen Hurts' knee, because I do think yeah. that they're. Um, understating what's going on there is as long as Jalen Hurts is forced to play inside the pocket, then the Cowboys defensive line has that much better of a chance of winning those one-on-one matchups up front. Uh, It's when Jalen Hurts provides the threat of, you know, stretching the the line and getting off those edges. That's when you kind of have to try to worry if you got to play the lateral game, you got to play east and west in addition to north-south. If you can just get these guys, the Cowboys defensive line, I mean, playing north-south, they have a much better chance of doing things like pushing back uh, Kelsey and getting the best of some of those other guys like Maialata, who I mean, the strength that that guy's a force. Yeah. So, um, just don't let the, don't let Jalen Hurts uh, and that running game, and I'm talking about the backs as well. DeAndre Swift, obviously, um, who is much better on the outside in space than he would be doing the dirty work in those interior gaps. Keep those guys running up the middle and keep Jalen Hurts contained, and you can win those battles more often than not. You're, got, you're not going to win every single battle against this Eagles offensive line. But if you do those two things and just make them play north-south, then you have a much better chance of winning more often than mm-hmm. not. Yeah, to Patrick's point, though, and then we were talking about the quarterback, 76% of the, those metrics will tell you, 76% of the time the snaps the snaps the quarterback's going to throw from the pocket. So there obviously is something going on with yeah. his yeah. health yeah. that he is, you know, he's more committed to throwing the ball in the middle of the pocket than he is throwing it on the outside. Well, let's talk about some of the weapons that he has in yeah. the passing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, we all understand if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're a fantasy football player or whatever, you know, you understand you know, who A.J. Brown is. He's yeah, one of the best deep threats in the NFL today. He's a big body guy, and once he gets that big body going, he could be tough to stop. I mean, he does an outstanding job. He tracks the ball really well. You know, the Hertz does a great job of putting the ball right on him in stride. And you tend to have opportunities, a lot of opportunities, because teams don't always play these guys. Like I said, when they play him in man coverage, it's a little bit of a different game for them. But when they play off, these guys can just eat you up, much like what the Cowboys do. You give them free access in routes, they run their routes, they catch the ball, and then they're up the field. So I would try and disrupt him as much as I could at the line. I know it's a big body guy. I know that could be a problem for uh, for Gilmore and guys like that. But I think if you give him a free run up the field, these routes are not complex. Nope. They really aren't. When you watch, I'm thinking, oh, it's the it's the Rams, it's the 49ers, it's the, a lot of their stuff is on the short yardage stuff. It's combination between a tight end and a receiver, and there's a lot of picks, and it's inside out, inside out, and then down the field, it's up in the middle. A lot of the balls are thrown towards the they middle. They just know of, how to execute it. They well. just do a great job of, of executing what they have, and the quarterback finds a way to give them. They got protection. They get the routes executed, but it's not something that's just this blow your mind mm-hmm. kind of route combinations. It's a pretty simple way of playing football. But they get protection. They get their quarterback gets the ball out to them, and then they got guys that can finish on the play. So. I'm not going to let these guys have any free access and routes. I'm just going to make them. It all goes back to my plan of making Hurts have to hold the football. 
the longer he has to throw, the better the more off. The, the, you're the, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, when he holds the ball, he's going to have some problems. That's what they need to kind of focus on in this game. Him, and then I'm talking about Brandon, and also Smith. Smith, uh, Devonta Smith doesn't have the the physical size of Brown. But his downfield presence is just as impressive. Where where he is really good is when they do what I call that two-man game where his routes will take him inside and then there'll be a pick. Or like he's really good on when they need six, seven yards mm-hmm. on the outside. He runs outs all day. He is a throw it to him, catch, tap, tap. Throw it to him, catch, tap, tap. He's one of those guys when it comes to running the out routes and stuff. He's super comfortable knowing getting past the sticks, coming to the sticks, catching the ball, and then getting the first down. I think this is a game where I would love to to stick Bland on A.J. Brown as much as possible. Bland is going to be your most physical guy. And a great point from Brian, you want to try to disrupt A.J. Brown at the line of scrimmage. Bland is going to give you the best opportunity to do that. Um, The question then becomes, how can the Cowboys keep a shifty quick guy like yeah. Devontae Smith from potentially, you know, dragging uh, an older Stephon Gilmore across the middle of the yeah. field and getting some of those ends of those slants. Uh, be interested to see how they attack that. I think that also goes to the linebackers. They're going to have to help safe, safeties, obviously, as well. Um, but let's not forget, we're talking about A.J. Brown, rightfully so. That's a guy who has over 900 yards in his yeah. first eight games. He's just monster right yeah. now. Um, Dallas Goddard, he, he can change the game for him yeah. as well. Um, so paging J. Ron Curse. Because this is a big assignment for J. Ron Curse at tight end. Yeah, neither one of these tight ends can block. Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll are really not that great of blockers. But where I worry about Dallas Goddard is this they're eight for eight on throwing screens to this guy. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where all of a sudden he's blocking, he's blocking, you lose track of he's blocking, and now he goes out and they throw Release, him a screen. Right. And you know, delayed screens. Uh, just turn. I mean, you just kind of like act like you're blocking. Turn around, get everybody upfield. Dallas has proven they really haven't been playing the screens all that well. I guarantee yeah. you, we're going to see some screens in this game. Dallas Goddard, though, eight for eight, and when you throw him the screen, the, the, he had one of those was a, for a touchdown that I saw. Uh, so I, there's no question that the Eagles are going to use him in that way, delay, you know, lose track of where he is, and then throw him the football. And, and I know we're about to wrap up the final segment. Before we do, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out if we didn't talk about the tush push, obviously, and how the Cowboys are going to have a challenge in stopping that. Um, but I think the Eagles made kind of a mistake last week against the Commanders in revealing a wrinkle they did not have to reveal out of that tush push. Um, I think it was 31-26. Yeah. Um, and third and one. And they're deep in the red zone. And instead of they, – they line up for the tush push – but they hand it off to Devontae Smith with Stoll and Goddard as the blockers on the outside. Right. And, and um, Not Devontae Smith, uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. And DeAndre Swift basically just walks in. So they've basically shown the Cowboys like, hey, that's a possibility. So I would love the Cowboys to keep that in mind because that means not every time they line up for that touch right. push are they actually going to do it. So keep at least keep one of your linebackers honest back there and ask your big boys up front to stop that touch push didn't because guys, otherwise somebody's going to leak out the back. Didn't you guys ask Dan Quinn about this the other day? About Didn't he say he had some type of plan or what they yeah. had? Some they were going to try and do so. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, everybody has a plan. some type of plan. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen. You know, everybody has a plan for this until it actually until they run it and it's a first down. That kind of. Yeah. I just think the Eagles yeah. did the Cowboys a favor by revealing that wrinkle. Yeah. when they didn't have to because they hadn't revealed that wrinkle yet. 
It's kind of like Bones showing that he could throw the ball to Golston on, yeah. on the field goal <laughs> when he really didn't have to. Right. Yep. Well, before we end the segment, I know uh, Patrick talked a little bit about Swift, the running back, and what they're doing, but anything else you want to add on how the running game is currently going for them? Yeah, it's, you know, I could say Swift's averaging almost almost five yards a carry. And like, like Patrick was talking about, He's going to try and run it inside, but I think he's a little bit more successful off the edges. But like he's not, he doesn't have the the elusiveness, you know, of, of Gainwell. Gainwell is a little bit. Gainwell doesn't have the yards, but there was a sneaky run that Gainwell had against the uh, against the Patriots, where he kind of took it inside and then he bounced it outside, and mm-hmm. then they were on the edge, and then you know it was a problem. It was one of his longer gains of the year. But Swift is extremely tough. They use him. They empty the formation. They'll throw him the football, too. That's another thing that they kind of like to do with him. But the, the running style is pretty similar to what the Cowboys have been facing here the last several weeks. Downhill, physical runners, get you know not these home run kind of hitters of backs. I, I didn't feel like that. It was Everything would seem like he was getting tackled three, four, five yards you know, in, in that situation, but a lot of inside runs, trying to be physical, hand it off, see if he can make the cut, and and just power over people. And, and the confidence here is, I don't see Swift now. He's because he's not the same Swift he was at UGA. Um, I don't see him much different from trying to defend Austin Eckler. Yeah. For example, uh, and you saw how the Cowboys were able to use Marquise Bell and help bottle up uh, Austin Eckler. I think that would be this, a similar game plan to try to bottle up DeAndre Swift as well. So for this one, you could basically say the Cowboys have the Cowboys defense has bigger problems to deal with than focusing on the running game. If the quarter, oh, if, yeah, if the quarterback's really ba- if the quarterback is banged up, that 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 is a clear advantage for the Cowboys because anything to keep him from running will be now everything could change. He could say, okay, I'm I'm hurt, but I'm still going to run. Yeah. But if he, if it doesn't look like he is really, really interested in doing it right now. They've well, got to, at this point of the season, obviously, I mean, at any point, you always got to protect and, and worry right. about your quarterback and their health. One but, reason the Cowboys yeah. and Dak had, hadn't been running until yeah. these past couple of weeks. Sure. So, I mean, again, risk mitigation, because uh, at this point in the season, you still have a lot of football left to play. And Jalen Hurts has to ask himself whenever he takes off the run with a, a knee that we think might be worse off than what yeah. they're letting on. He has to consider like, is it worth? Is this first yeah. down worth? You know, possibly losing the next several games because he's sidelined with the with the worst knee injury. So the fact that he might have to process that in his head again, that goes to adding leverage to the but Cowboys to your, defense. To your question, they've got a lot of things to worry about. With yeah, them. yeah <laughs> they do. They got plenty. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Brian Patrick. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow where Brian's going to break down the whole Philadelphia defense versus the Cowboys offense for Patrick Walker, Brian Broadus, and Member Garcia. This has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!